Oh, hello there, lads, and welcome to Hidden Shadows of the Secret Chamber. We are a movie review podcast partnered with an organization that is secret of fighters, warriors, and the good undead. A lot like me. I will consume all who hear this. The honorary shadows Alex Khan and Nick Conci coincidentally named their podcast the same as our organization. So... Basil and the Shadows took them on and let them record their show here at the chamber. You shall be the life force I need to survive. I am Callum, recently summoned from the afterlife because I forgot my TV mount the last episode when Jaime brought me here. Oh, and I was a cleric, I might mention, for the hidden shadows in my life here in this dimension. Resistance shall not be tolerated. Thanks for doing that intro, Callum. But who, who, who's your friend you brought with you? Oh, Jimmy? Oh, he's just a shaman from the afterlife. We fought against each other in the great skirmish between the clerics and the shamans of the north. Quite fierce. But now we're lads, aren't we, Jimmy? Nourishment for the dead. I need nourishment for the dead. And why does he keep doing that? Oh, I think he's a bit nervous. He's actually quite funny when you get to know him. Go on, Jimmy, tell Basil a joke. Uh, Okay, mate. Uh, Today is a special episode. The boys review the long-awaited Joker film. I'm very excited to hear this. So without further ado, here is the Joker review. Uh, Should I send you back now, Callum? Oh no, I'm sticking around for this one. It should be a good one, right, Jimmy? Yes. I quite quite loved loved Batman Batman before before I perished. perished. Oh, now you speak? I I am am very very sorry sorry about that. I always, I always had, had stage, stage right, and I guess coming back, back to this dimension, dimension brought, brought it all back. Okay, so all that stuff about devouring souls and nourishment for the dead was just nerves then. Oh, oh heavens, heavens no. no. I really, I really am, am going, going to devour the souls of all those who are listening. Jaime, bloody send these two back to their dimension. On it! Well, Basil, always a pleasure. We should do this again, lad. I- yes, Callum, we-, we should do it again. Just just don't bring Jimmy next time, please. All right, fair enough. Junior, stop! I'm about to punch you in the face. As is customary, Junior does something to annoy Nakansi at the beginning of every podcast so that we can get loosey-goosey. But in case you didn't fucking know, we are Hidden Shadows of the Secret Chamber. We are a movie review podcast, as Basil 
had uh, mentioned earlier. And uh, my name is Alex. My name is Hefe. And the guy speaking seven feet away from his microphone. My name is Junior. A.K.A. Khan. And the guy just looking so cash. So fucking stud muffin. Little chocolate chips in there. But he's a little shy. He's a little shy. He's, you know, our... he's, he's, he's flexing, but he's not showing off that he's flexing. Right. You he know? wears kind of loose clothes like Joe Rogan because he feels subconscious about how buff he fucking is. Uh, is our super buff, super strong, shy boy, Nakansi. He's not going to say anything until... It's okay. It's okay. It's, he's doing something different every podcast, Ooh. as we know by now. Anyway, when you hear his voice, you'll know. I was like, oh, how am I going to know if Nakansi's talking? You'll fucking know by the sh- chills that run up your spine. Yeah, just those... like just like like this movie is a is that we're supposed to be reviewing because we're uh, Basil introduced us as a movie review podcast mm-hmm. is Joker play with uh in the tit- in the titular role a joking uh, joking f- Fennick. Nobody dare correct me on any of the things I purposely mispronounced because I did it on purpose. Okay, let's I'm, get into it. I'm just gonna just say it. We're 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 doing it. We're in this, guys, and there's no turning back. We are reviewing the Joker. The Joker. That's clown. <laughs> we Joker. Ah, this is a different movie where Joaquin Phoenix regains all his weight. We talked about that in the future, and you guys will hear that hilarious joke. I don't want to make it again. It's Joaquin Phoenix. It's October. We are in full swing of fall, autumn, Halloween season. Ghouls and ghosts and clowns and your favorite clown, the Joker of what? what is Arkham, Gotham City? Or what is this? Uh, Gotham City. Got ham. What is... Uh, Kitty. <laughs> DC what, Comics. DC Comics. But what is this arc that we're talking about? That there, he, there's no arc. This is a completely made-up movie. The beautiful... I'm going to just give you guys my impression of this movie. I feel like this movie was a deep psychoanalysis of why the Joker is the Joker. and The movie Joker, you mean? I will murder you! <laughs> I think that sometimes a superhero movie or like a movie with like a protagonist and an antagonist um you gotta have a good motive behind the bad guy and and you need to understand why he does the shit that he does and i think that when you can convince the audience that there is justification behind that villain's actions then you got a motherfucking movie and this is what this movie does the entire time Yes. Um. Besides that, like besides just the obviousness that that is that the origin movie. That is actually how the audience sounded the whole time we were watching the Joker. Oh yeah, it was every audience. Like, how was your audience when you watched it? Completely quiet. Right. There was only a few moments where there was lots of like 
it was it was a ninety five percent silent movie. The audience was just completely blown away. Just that five percent of of time that I could that I would say that they even made any noises were like people being like upset that they couldn't laugh at something that was messed up. <laughs> I think what really set the mood was going to see this film at ten forty five at night. Ooh, creepy! And when you go to park your car. Uh, there's just a bunch of police hanging out at the movie theater. Was that really a thing? Yeah, at ours, it yeah. was everywhere. Why? A lot just of just to make sure people didn't shoot up the movie theater or go crazy. Oh. Uh, people could not go to the theaters dressed up as the Joker, and there was and there was like fear emanating in the air. Well, there was a lot of controversy behind this movie. A lot of people were saying that this movie was encouraging crime and acts of violence but right? it's not it's a movie that's like going to watch uh what we just saw uh first love and and saying oh wow now people are just gonna be violent because there's so much violence oh no i'm not gonna be violent but i will on occasion you know completely quit my my regular day-to-day to go save a hair save a druggie apparently i can see why people <laughs> found it controversial because uh, they made the film so you could get the Joker's perspective. And I think that that is what the underlying message is, is, is sparking empathy for other people. Because I think what this movie's message was like, I think the Joker could have been prevented if people were just, if they just set their personal self aside and extended an act of kindness towards a stranger, that might have saved Arthur, Arthur's character. And the the director was very, uh, very vocal about this movie is not so people can to give people a reason to run around and just do crazy shit. This movie is uh, so so you can so you can see how far a person can accidentally go yeah i think another thing that needs to be uh, said and i can't find the article right now but uh actually uh, i'm just gonna probably name drop him is uh kamar actually linked the article on facebook i believe and without even going back to look up the article right now you should have like you should have more empathy for the like a lot of the situations that come up in the beginning of the movie because that's real the american healthcare system is very bad yeah mental illness mental illness has an incredible incredible negative stigma no matter what particular strain of mental illness you may have and there are people who are trying to get assistance in one way or another and on one hand you need to you know understand the dangers that can come from those and on the other you need to have some empathy for well the normal is relative and also with a mental illness they expect us to be normal (laughs) so there was a moment when arthur was uh arthur peck uh for those of you who haven't watched it fleck uh, Arthur, did I say Peck? Yeah, Fleck, Bird. Um, Beast. that's hilarious. Uh, was 
writing notes in his notebook trying to like put a stand-up comedy routine down and he wrote this super key thing and he said uh society wants people with mental illness to act like they don't have one and i think that speaks so true to what i think our fear of this thing that we don't understand we don't understand because you can't logic it away the ways that that we can when when they're going through their episodes and and that frightens us the fact that there is no logic involved and i think again like you were mentioning i want to touch back to your point that's something that we need to have empathy towards and and if we can't understand it we can still be at least sympathetic and empathetic for all right, this person's going through a rough time that he can't get out of it by himself and he needs, he or she needs help. At a certain point though, and this is just like mental, like speaking of psychology and mental illnesses and all sorts of other things. Right. Uh, this brings, like, this is, this movie was emotionally charged. Joaquin Phoenix did a very, very good job on screen of trying, like showcasing as an actor, like, like reacting to these things that are happening and what does this image of what is essentially going to the Arthur somehow slowly become the insane person that we have an image of, which could be slightly different from whichever universe you want to say that this movie takes place in from, you know, this, this movie (laughs) is a standalone film. It's not connected to anything. Right. Right. So, but like that's what that's what I mean by like like it's obviously like it's inspired from all these other things that we have of in the image of Joker and this is the story of what becomes and who becomes Joker right I think one of the most amazing things about this film was that you got to see Arthur he was really trying he was a normal cat he I mean was, as normal as you know somebody with a mental illness can be right yes but he was really he was really trying he got knocked down over and over but he would still make as much money as he could go home to help take care of his mom try to be happy and try to be happy yeah and then occasionally he would get lost in his own fantasies uh because he just he just like a lot of people they wish uh, for something a little bit better. Yeah, fantasy is better, right? One of the one of one of the strongest scenes was when he is watching um, Robert De Niro's late night show, the Murray Franklin show, I think it was. Yeah, with his mom, and then all of a sudden it zooms in, and he's in the audience, and and he gets called up on stage, and. And Murray says, you know what, Arthur, you're a good guy. You're a real good guy. Uh, thank you for coming up here. And and then it goes back into his real world. And, and it just kind of shows how desperately Arthur just wanted somebody to let him know that, hey, you're trying. We see that and we applaud the effort that you're putting in to to make it in this world and uh and it was actually i mean it was a sad moment um like was, you, uh, the entire movie is very powerful very, very powerful. artsy movie mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah like i don't think a lot of people 
are going to go into it thinking like like thinking about how they want to experience it you know i hope they don't go into it thinking like this is like venom (laughs) right because when you go into venom you're like okay he's a a bad guy that ends up becoming an anti-hero nope uh but uh you're you're in for a ride like that one you should have already known especially from the trailers that like you're in for an like you're in for an action movie yeah this was very this is a thinker this is a psychological thriller right like this is beautiful you know what i i want to touch back how you were talking about joaquin uh phoenix and how good he if we keep mispronouncing his name he'll show up onto the podcast because he wants to correct people Although technically this could be seen as a sign of disrespect, so keep saying it regularly. Am I saying it right, Joaquin? Yeah, I was just making a really, 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 really big tangent back to when we were purposely mispronouncing Joker and Joe Kang. Actually, on Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> uh, when Joaquin was on there, Jimmy was like, oh, Joaquin is such a long name. I'm just going to call you. Is it okay if I just call you Walk? Like, guacamole and he looks at jimmy and he's like i think you can handle saying my full name (laughs) um what i was gonna say is that he uh he did a fantastic job of like getting the audience bought in to whatever is because we were bought in because we're watching him struggle and we're struggling with him and then his triumphs in the movie aren't the triumphs of a hero they're literal evil like evil deeds or not evil but bad deeds there is bad shit like you are not supposed to do the things that he ends up doing but the strange thing is is that you're so bought into the shit that he's going through that you're like yes you you cheer for him a little bit that he did this thing because you're just like no fucking fuck that just desserts bro and um, I don't know. I think I think it was like uh, almost like a hero movie in reverse. Yeah, it was because he's a villain. Yeah, the villain was the good guy in a weird way, and society was the well, villain. Well, everybody was bad. Society was the villain, but he was also a villain. This yeah. is the making of a villain. Everybody was bad. Right. Everybody was evil want to bring up that as far as storytelling is concerned your protagonist doesn't have to be good you know yeah, this yeah. movie is yeah. very 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 prime like our protagonist and thus by nature of storytelling the person we were rooting for isn't doing anything good sure, <laughs> he, sure. he's got like a couple of like he was trying at the very beginning of the movie and then isn't it isn't it weird how like because i didn't feel horrified like when you're watching a movie about like a killer or a monster it wasn't that you were i wasn't horrified again i thought it was a triumph that's a triumphant moment for that's the, the part of what i was bringing up with how like it really depends on how you want to go into watching this film right um because it is you're right it's a psychological theory the thriller <laughs> and that's part of the controversy right? yeah because right. pe- because because they don't want you to feel like it's a triumph. Yeah, but people are upset that you're feeling that it's a triumph. Yeah, because those are da- those are dangerous things to play yeah. with. Which is why because again, he's he's murdering people and laughing hysterically. Is is there 
anything else that you guys would like to get into before we touch on our badass moments? Yes. Oh, this movie, Joaquin Phoenix, really, it's all him. It's all him. He carried this movie through and through. You were put into his head. His he had amazing monologues. Um, yeah, eighty percent of the movie is just him on screen. He's just it's insane. It's just yeah, for for one person to carry the whole film like that, and this is not a short movie. This is a two-hour film. Yeah, and I didn't look at my clock once. Me I either. just wanted to know what the Joker was thinking and saying. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I. I really, really like the couple of different arcs that they uh, played throughout the movie, though. Like, the kind of couple of different story threads leading into the moment we were anticipating was the theater scene. Like, all the things building up to that. There was a lot of cool little story threads for this version of Joker that they want that... uh, the director and the writers wanted to put on screen the version that Joaquin Phoenix is playing was just a very, very, very powerful movie. Between his what he was doing with his body, the contortions, and being able to laugh, but also show a different expression on his face was crazy. When you think, because his disease uh, that he has when he just laughs and his card that says uh my laughter doesn't express what i'm really feeling so he would show serious facial expressions while laughing hysterically then he would show sadness while laughing hysterically and then he would show joy while laughing hysterically it was crazy that's an immense um uh role to partake for Joaquin Phoenix. I can't even and imagine to, trying to act like that. And to do it convincingly because um there was a particular moment where you can where you where he was in the uh when he was in his apartment alone and he was having that laughing fit and you can literally f- see him unable to stop it. You can literally see him out of control and desperately trying to stop the laughter and sobbing and crying at the same time. It was that's powerful. It was such a powerful scene. Uh, I like talking about it. I want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. And this is not even us talking about the film direction and the sound design. There was so much, just insanely tense moments that were just strictly because they. They tried to drown out all excessive noise. The the like, soundtrack that they played um, was this very dark uh, orchestra music, so you could so you could feel that this was a villain. But mixed right? in with um, some very, by in contrast, some very cheerful old old nineteen. 19- 80s 1980s jazzy stuff kind of kind of the 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 cheesy tv music that you hear but like that's the thing that i absolutely loved about the soundtrack and the sound design was that they like obviously we all watched the movie don't really need to reiterate it but that particular brand of like take like taking what it could be considered just kind of normal poppy lyrics and turning them really, really dark. Yeah. 
along with just being backed by some amazing amazing brass like that song that's those songs were like are really classic but the overall art direction of the movie shows you like like this is how bad this can be interpreted right like that's life it, it's art mm-hmm. up for open for interpretation uh in particular one thing that i thought was absolutely amazing was wait are we in t- oh no never mind sorry please continue one thing that i thought was absolutely amazing was just the filters that they used oh yeah the, the lighting direction for all of this there were so many times where they would just have such a bright bright like just the overall just a brighter film and we all know how dark this movie uh, how dark the subject matter is we all know like we all have this predetermined image of gotham and they just showed us like daytime scenes or even some of the night scenes were still pretty well lit and showcasing in particular one of the weirdest like meta moments for me was when arthur first gets on stage for that first stand-up scene and it's just like it was it was legitimately really hard to see anybody in the in the scene other than Joaquin Phoenix on stage and having a really awkward moment like the body language of being like being such a good actor like just i'm awkwardly on stage i don't know what to do yeah um but i want to touch back to that because i think that putting in those scenes where it's just actually just like it looks like a very normal happy movie and you know that it's a dark movie um helped us to empathize a little more with arthur because it's just a normal it it normalizes him and it shows him going through his normal day-to-day life and how highlighted those happy moments are for him in in contrast to the shit that he goes through like day day to day um well we've gone for about 20 minutes you guys want to kind of jump into some badass moments or for a psychological thriller it was really hard to pick out any badass moments uh i have like, badass moments you do for me yeah I mean, like yeah why don't you yeah. kick us off dude okay uh badass moments when he finally is wearing his full costume and is dancing down the steps before he goes on to the show. I I I agree a hundred percent. I could watch that sequence over and over. You know what's funny? I actually I actually wrote that one down. That's a badass moment for me too. Uh and I think it's because you see that again it's another triumphant moment of the character when he finally understands who he is and he fully embraces the the joker yep and it's and it's amazing it's a very powerful moment it's very crazy and you're like a little happy for him in a yeah weird you're like way you're like oh this shit i don't want this movie to end i want it to bleed into a batman movie yeah because i want joaquin phoenix to be the Joker forever. I know. But in my mind, this is what I like to do. In my mind, I like to pretend that after this Joker film, uh, it it goes into 
Batman Begins, and then it goes into uh, The Dark Knight, yeah. the Christopher Nolan films, because because as you're watching this, you can see little things that happen uh, that are exactly how Heath Ledger Heath Ledger is like Joker at its maximum, and this is like building up, so you get to see the nuances that build up. But even though I think. <laughs> What happens uh, on the talk show is definitely uh, the Joker at his maximum. And from there, he just goes crazy. He's crazy. It's pretty great. Um, one of the badass moments that I'd like to talk talk about is the absolute tranquility that you see Arthur go through in that public bathroom after the incident on the subway with the, uh, with the three, you know, university students and uh you see him doing like these weird ballet tai chi moves and it it looks like it was just a release for him what had happened on the subway i'm trying really hard not to spoil what happened um i think everybody's seen this film though uh, okay spoiler you can skip ahead when he kills those three guys you already said that, and and if, and that. if they haven't seen this film, you said they those need, three they university students. I didn't say he killed them. After what happened with those three university students in a Joker movie, that should have been a spoiler already. Like, I'm upset with you because I didn't say it. I'm not really upset. Uh, what I was gonna say was no. It was just interesting because like it, it was a release when when he killed those people. It was a release of all the stress and the and the depression that has been building up to that moment. And when he finally did it, yeah, he was scared. But then he found that he felt a weird moment of zen. Um, and that was like one of the first signs of like, okay, here's the Joker coming out um, in his weird like maniacism and his hatred of, of society. So, uh, I, that was one of my moments. June, would you like to? Share I don't one? really have any badass moments because I was being psychologically thrilled the whole time. I think you said some pretty good ones, like when we were just kind of talking about our impressions. So, but but are those badass moments or just moments of being noteworthy? Because they weren't necessarily what the fuck moments for me. Hmm. Both. Because this this movie's like. This movie is a psychological. It's movie. yeah, it's different. It's, it's not got an you, action it's got movie. You to think. How a about very artsy film? How about you start us off with um with your number rating on this movie? That's the number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but I'm gonna cut out all that silence. <laughs> I know, I know. But was it really silence? Oh, the viewers shit. won't know when they hear this part, depending on where you edit. Yeah. Okay. No, but really though, we like this was a this was a nine. Yeah. This was an incredibly artsy film, and wow, we had three nines already over the end of we're ending twenty nineteen with like like a bunch of good movies. But, but kicking off October, right? Yeah. That just goes to show how like this movie is amazing. Yeah. Like this was. An amazing film, very artsy, and just also incredibly different as far as nines are relevant from 
Pramare and Takeshi Mike's uh, First Love, which is the next episode for those of those of you in the past and the future. Like, time compression is a real thing. It's not. I just beat Final Fantasy VIII. Time compression is complete bullshit. It's not how quantum mechanics works at all. Steins Gate. This has been a crazy year for movies, and it's only picking up. I can't. I can't. I'm so excited for all these movies. I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10, guys. Uh, and I think that uh, we've been exposed to... It's happened before, right? We've got the hero movies. We're we're being littered by comic book hero movies right now. But we got a villain movie uh, done in a very different way. Yeah, it's not a villain movie like Suicide Squad. And I think like... What? what? Yeah, Suicide Squad is a bunch of villains. I don't know what movie you're talking about. That's just that's just a bunch of static. After hey, you can't ignore that movie because Margot Robbie is amazing as Harley Quinn. Oh, you mean Birds of Prey, the movie that's gonna come out? That's yeah, spun off of the comic. That's the Suicide Squad. What? I I but don't know what not. movie that you just said. It's a spin off of the Sirens. We're just being salty. What I wanted to say was like, what does it mean? What does this movie mean for the future of movies? Because when these kinds of movies come out and they're very successful, what do a bunch of studio, you know, film studios want to do? They want to cash in on this ticket as well, on this check. And that's okay because well, here okay well here's the point that i'm trying to make i think it's okay because we're gonna get a lot more complex thought out uh villains in super movies and in superhero movies but also these movies may bring about a new wave of empathy in people it may make people think from the from the different perspective or other people's perspectives what would happen if this happened to me how would i feel about that and that's why I think that contrary to what, what the controversy is of this movie that, oh, it's going to encourage uh, violence and murder. On the other hand, I think that it's also going to encourage empathy. What What is people going to think the next time they see somebody struggling with a mental illness? Will they be like, oh, shit, like I, I have been exposed to that and I should be understanding. So that's what your buddy... Alex hopes for. And also, who watches The Watchmen? Apparently, we will because that series is coming out. That's a sequel, though, to the movie. So, you have to go watch The Watchmen. But who watches The Watchmen? Exactly. The boys do. The boys are back in town. Which is another TV series about um heroes who are not quite heroes did you i don't think you gave your number rating i did not that was the joke Ah. this movie uh almost got well i i think this movie is i would consider so far a masterpiece of the joker nobody has portrayed the joker like this because he's gotten his his own movie uh still my favorite joker is heath ledger's joker from the dark knight um but this joker put them together and I, like completed it yeah it completed it i agree uh this movie i would give it a nine out of ten only because there are some things that i would change whoa 
in in the first love movie that that I gave a 10 out of 10, I wouldn't change anything about that movie. For the Joker, there are some things I would change. Oh, okay. You want to use one one example? Uh, yes, I need it to be longer. What? Because I just need it to be longer. I need him to be the Joker for a longer <laughs> period of time because that's how much I enjoyed him as the Joker. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I did. I did not like how short they made the um, the surprise of his neighbor being in his head the whole time. They kind of made it, oh, by the way, it was all in his head. Okay, on to the next thing. I didn't like how they did that. Mm. It should have been uh, maybe done a little bit differently uh, to give more oomph to it. Yeah, I can agree that it didn't have the right impact. She, like, they should have, like, we should have got more scenes with her. So I feel like if this came out with an extended cut or a director's cut that gave that character um, more screen time, then it would be a more fulfilling uh, film for me. Then I would probably give it a 10 out of 10 masterpiece because that's really the only thing I would change. Hmm. I think I agree with you. That actually, was, on both of those that's notes. That's the argument for, like... Because that should have been a much better emotionally charged moment. And I honestly don't know how many people in the audience has the brain power. Like just I just passed over it. I was like, just like... Yeah, like, I was like... Well, that's it? That's all we get? Like, no, like, even before that, I was like... that. That's not how that works. He he was literally just stalked her. And yeah, then, like, and he spent... <laughs> yeah. She's, right? Like, she was in was, so much of the movie... And then they just erased her. Yeah, that's what. But like, that's what I mean. Like, like it went from I'm stalk, like I'm stalking you, to what I, I in my opinion, I thought was like, this has got to be a hallucination. This is not how that works. Yeah. And then it leads into like you're saying, like when they finally reveal that, it loses all of its power it, it, because that's literally the last scene that she's in. How and she was in so much of the movie, and it was just gone. I got something to end this. End this on. Oh, the whole podcast? Yeah. Oh, can I just make a quick shout out to Gary Goldman in the stand-up comedy scene? I was very pleased to see an actual like real stand-up comic uh in the in the whole cuz I don't I don't have a what the fuck moment. Uh the whole movie was a what the fuck moment and uh Alex doesn't usually do psychological or thrillers. I have a what the fuck moment for all of us to end it on. A little discussion. Oh. Do you think that the Joker's mother was lying about Thomas Wayne? Or do you think she just over-exaggerated in her head, but that she still had an affair with him? The way you kind of the the way they portrayed Thomas Wayne of being such an asshole, you you want it to be true. You want the delusion to not be a delusion. They made him seem like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, where he would oh he's he's a rich man, and if he wanted to hit on a girl, he would just hit on. And I could totally see that this film's Thomas Wayne saying. You know, you have a nice smile. Uh, let's, you know, go meet up for drinks or something. 
Right. While the he's on, married. The only thing that could cement this is if they had showcased some sort of form of him writing. There's literally no no moment of I in my opinion showing Thomas Wayne writing something to then as we are film buffs somehow rewind and or go see it again and compare it to literally the handwriting. Right? I want I want Thomas Wayne to be a bad person though. And that's what that movie accomplished. Yeah. In Batman, I think they made him like a good dad and like a giving person. They did. They did. And that's, that's all that Bruce Wayne saw until mm-hmm. later on in the comics. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there's old history that you, you just got to read the comics. Oh, I do have one more. What the fuck moment. Okay. That kind of pissed me off. Okay. Go. It is when they, uh, Joker went up to, um, the Wayne Manor and he met Alfred and, and, and he totally, um, gets manhandled. Alfred gets manhandled by the Joker. Oh yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, but Alfred is not so he's supposed to be on his tippy like on his toes at all times. Alfred is an ex um ex uh, special like, forces. He's like X M I six, yeah. Yeah, from from Britain or whatever. That that was that was MI, the MI six. MI six or uh, uh, I think SAS. And and he and he gets tricked by the Joker, like <laughs> That's how you know the Joker. Is yeah, good. that's a weird one. Yeah, yeah. But Alfred, Alfred knows his shit, and Alfred did say, uh, "Bruce, that man is crazy." Right. Because Alfred knows everything. So I don't. So I do think that uh, that the Joker's mother made it all up in her head. I also think she did. Because of oh Alf- wait, were you guys be- looking at me for an answer? Because, because I don't, I don't know about the plausibility of necessarily Joker's mother making it all up. But the thing is that is not like that is concrete. Is that she was, uh, she had to have adopted a child because they she killed her child. Yeah, she had abuse. to. Have, she had to have uh, somehow at a later time at a different point had to have adopted somebody because they showed the evidence of her being admitted to Arkham and several people, whether or not they were, they were hallucinations because of the way the film was, you know, done said that, yeah, she adopted a child. Yeah. That, the, those, that wasn't her, her blood child. Yeah. And also fantastic thing to add after you watch this film then you need to go see uh, the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker, um, give his speech on his origin. I'm actually gonna go and watch and, it. And in the Dark Knight, he changes his origin story multiple times throughout the whole movie. At least three times. He does. He tells he tells a different story of how he came to be. And you know why? Because in Joaquin Phoenix's film, he doesn't have an origin. He doesn't know who his fault. Fo- he doesn't know where he started, so he just made it all up. Yeah, he made his own story. That's crazy. Yeah, but I- also yeah. <laughs> and in this way, being the hero of your own story is dangerous, or it is completely whatever you want it to be. 
because you make being who the hero you are. of your own story or being this being the main character of your story. There's a difference. Doesn't matter. You make whatever you want. Because Joker is a protagonist of his own story, which is a comedy, not a tragedy. Very different character to be a protagonist of. But the real origin story of the Joker... I haven't done the plugs yet. Which is very short. The real origin story is is he um, had a wife and he was a comedian. Uh, He was abusive to his wife and he... uh, was known as the Red Hood um, because he ended up uh, joining, uh, getting into crime. Mm. And then running away from Batman, he fell into this pool of acid that changed his whole his whole body makeup so he looked like he had paint, white paint all over him like a clown. Oh, shit. And, and then he went crazy. That's his origin story cool make sure you guys follow us on instagram at hstsc33 that's the end of our podcast guys i hope you went and watched the joker and um, i do follow that. us at hidden shadows of the secret chamber on facebook, on facebook. i could talk about this movie forever i uh, do have one thing before we leave and twitch.tv for slash screen and go ahead what i really wanted when he met his black girl neighbor, who was uh-huh. super hot, and she is from Atlanta. Right. The TV show with Donald Glover. I really wanted him to make her crazy because he, whoever starts uh, to spend a lot of time with him goes crazy. That's how uh, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn came about. Because she spent so much time with him and going into his mind that she became crazy and she became... Um, empathetic with her, with him. Mm. And I wanted that to happen with this character just to show that the beginning that whoever he can start to spend a lot of time with, he can make go crazy. She was also Domino from uh, Deadpool 2. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. I need to put on my shoes and... It's only 9.30. Drive to Fallbrook... And uh, that should be about an hour drive. Not bad, not bad. He's going to be listening to um, some scary stories that I have set up for him. Ah!